You're listening to the Screaming Pods Network. Um, I'm going to close out with Video Violence from 1987, uh, written and directed by uh, former video store clerk Gary P. Cohen. It's available on Shudder, which uh, was a nice discovery. Um, But man, this thing is like bonkers. Uh, It's basically about a video store clerk uh, who used to be a former movie theater owner, but he moved to the suburbs to, you know, have engage in those conversations with, uh, you know, fellow movie nerds. And, um, one day, someone slips into their return pile a uh, blank, uh, you know, on the surface, it's a blank tape. He pops it in, and it's a snuff movie. Yeah. And it's uh, these two locals right. who are killing people. And and there's some sort of homicidal rage virus thing going on if you watch this thing. So he discovers that everybody in his in his town is is killing people on camera. and But they have the instinct to just return it to him at the video store <laughs> so other people find it. So everybody, so you've got like a mother walking in with her newborn. She's like, hmm, just scouring the horror section. And she's like, hey, does this have any sex in it? And the guy's like, no, it's got a lot of violence though. And she's like, that'll do. And then she like <laughs> writes it and takes it out. But it's like super lo-fi, DIY, you know, looks like crap. I mean, it's the best quality looking crap on, um, on, on Shutter. It's on Shutter, yeah. Uh, no, no, yeah, it was the movie that. SOV. Shot on, on shot video. Oh, shot on video. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Shot on Becca, speak English. God uh, damn it. Yeah, know no, the terms, it was, right? It was for, shot like, on. For a guy that, that has a thing I called know. Slashback Video, you should know. I know, I know. She took me off guard. Yeah. Uh, but it's got, it's got a very, very, very New England vibe to it. It's, uh, you know, when the blood, sh- you know, the blood flies, it's very red. Uh, it, there's some unpleasant moments here and there because you're following these two killers uh, just preying on women. So there's like these kind of prolonged scenes of just women being tortured and killed. But um, you're, you kind of have a good time following the video store clerk with his little ponytail. It's, it's know, a pretty grisly, grisly little movie. Yeah. Uh, quick shout out because you said SOV. Uh, Brad Henderson and Mike D. Splat have started a podcast. I think they're three episodes in and they're going to cover every single SOV film oh in order. So oh it's called the SOV cast. Heroes. It, I know. It, it's, it's gonna, they're going to be changed from this experience. Oh, yeah. So just shout out. Check them out. I'm sure all of us will be on it at some point talking about some nasty piece of work. But, oh um, my gosh. That sounds nuts. Go to the show, God damn it, oh my god, season two of T H E S O V P O D. The T H E, remember, dear listeners that paid attention all through season one, the T H E stands for the, and we are the S O V podcast, man, and we are Mike Delaney talking to you right now, and my man partner, my lover. 
forever and always, till death do us part, Mr. Brad for the ladies henderson how are you baby you season two i haven't been this excited since friends right right all right so here we are yeah. season two let me ask you this brad but before we get into today's uh, movies, which are, of course, Video Violence and the aptly titled Video Violence 2, it follows Video Violence. But before we get into that, I want to ask you, what the fuck is up with podcasts in seasons? Like, why do podcasters think they need seasons? Do, do podcasters really think that people are listening to the information that they're putting out there and they need to be compartmentalized in some way into uh, seasons that will maybe then, I don't know, be sold on cassette or uh, compact disc at like Best Buy or Borders? What, like, what do you think about seasons? I have the perfect answer for you. So the reason why certain podcasts do seasons is that they're on a high when they very first start, and they do all these episodes, and they're really active. And then what happens is that someone in the group usually gets really busy, you know, like gets a job, you know, as maybe, let's just say acquisitions for maybe like Wild Eye and, um, you know, helping out a lot um, with Vinegar Syndrome. And so they get really busy, and they kind of get caught up in things, and they, they kind of lose that momentum a little bit, and they really don't have the time to record episodes. So what they typically do is that, you know, they talk about keep wanting to do, show, do the show, and they schedule recordings, but nothing really seems to work out. And, um, you know, there's a little bit of maybe hard feelings and upset between the two people, um, but they still love one another equally and just as much as when they very first started the show. But, you know, as things calms down and you try to, you know, uh, make adjustments and priorities and, you know, just time management in general, um, you're able to free up some time and think of a plan and able to record again. And typically when you do that, that's when season two comes along. That's true. And usually on a podcast before there is a, 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 an official season two, you know, maybe taking into consideration uh, your explanation for, say, someone who uh, kind of sort of ghosted a group to go do acquisitions for Wild Eye or uh, help out with Vinegar Syndrome. Uh, sometimes that, that group needs to, to do something else to keep going. Like they'll do one-off episodes or they'll do mini episodes, like before the proper season two starts. And I don't know if that's the case for T-H-E-S-O-V-P-O-D, but man, I am glad that we are here for season two. And it's me, Mike D, and you, Brad, for the ladies, Henderson, baby doll. And I, I agree. And I think I think a, a, a very um, a fun thing to do in that situation is kind of throw shade at one another uh, on the show. That, that presents kind of a small conflict and keeps the listeners engaged. And, you know, almost like Howard Stern, they're just waiting to hear what we say next, asshole. But now, throwing shade... Does that come from the gay community or the black community? And why are you cribbing from either one of them? You want to talk about video violence? No, I want to talk about food. Brad, before we 
jump into Video Violence, which, of course, is written and directed by Gary Cohn, uh, I would like to discuss some, some I, you know, season one. Do you remember season one? When was that? A couple years ago for you? Uh, season one, I don't know when did Friends debut, like 93, 94, I don't know. Are you really asking that? 1994. I, I 1994. 1994. I was close. I was close. So, um, what was the question? Do I remember <laughs> season one of Friends? Not really. No. no. <laughs> All right. Brad, do you, in season one, if you remember, my friend, which was all the way back in 1994, as you have so succinctly put it, uh, we did kind of like – we did like a dinner and a movie. We did a pairing, right? We, uh, we said, hey, here are two movies we're going to watch. Uh, and here yeah, beans are and some cornbread. food items. We're gonna eat be- beans and cornbread. You remember that? Bum, bum, bum. Beans, beans and cornbread. Beans and cornbread. Beans and cornbread. Beans and cornbread had a fight. Beans not cornbread out of sight. Cornbread said, "Now that's all." Hey, baby, I hear you. Hey, don't know what to do with those tough salads. And scrambled eggs. Just getting rebooted. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Anyway, Brett, do we have something on the menu for Gary Cohn's Video Violence Parts 1 and or 2? Well, Mike, look, I know that you can cut this out if you if you if you if you must, but um, I really think we need to kind of address the elephant in the room. With kind of the RB situation first, as far as sponsors go. Hey, no, wait, um, Brad, 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 stop, stop. No, for real, I'm going to cut this out. We <sighs> that cease and desist said we can't even joke about it. Oh, all right, then we'll just I guess ignore it, and people ask questions, we'll just say, "Hey, do our new sponsor." Ah. All right, cool. All right, so make sure you edit this out and go. No, but to to be clear, I forwarded you those emails, right? Um, I think so. I think they got lost in maybe the wild ice. I I don't know. I know that we discussed it. I saw the emails, but I mean, I quickly looked over them. I mean, I guess, it, but it's fine. Just 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 keep going. We're kind of losing the momentum now. No, we're not. We're not losing the momentum of the show. It doesn't even matter because this is going to get cut out. But we literally cannot say Arby's. And if you say Arby's, I have to either bleep it or I just have to cut it out. And certainly make sure that you don't say Arby's while we're uh, like discussing uh, the film or thematic elements of an artist's work. Because goddamn, like then I will. We we won't have any show. Okay, so lay off the fucking Arby's. All right, all right. Lay off the fucking Arby's, Brad! All right, what do you got for us to eat for video violence? Well, you know, I kept kept thinking about this on and off again. um, About what to do with the food. Because, you know, we had such a good run and and we talked a lot about, um, you know, frozen frozen foods and and foods that really aren't good for you. So I was trying to take this uh, more in a healthy direction um, and not mainly like Totino's pizzas and pizza rolls and bagel bites and all that stuff or, you know, um, fast food like uh, oh, um, fast food in general and um, 
I want to mainly focus on like good snacks. Uh, like for example, one of my favorite things to do, uh, not great to eat around, um, people while watching a movie, but, uh, celery and peanut butter is a favorite of mine. Oh, celery and peanut butter. You know what I love, Brad, for the ladies, Henderson, I love ants on a log where you do the celery, the peanut butter, and then, Mm. and then you put the much maligned raisins on top there. Yes. Yes. I like it. <laughs> well, uh, I do appreciate your your healthier eating. I too, these days since the mm, lawsuit, have been eating significantly healthier. Um, I've cut carbs completely out of my diet, so I do appreciate your your ants on a log. I can take I'm the same uh, way, man. I'm the same way. Yeah, no, I've seen you on on uh, the tweets, man. You you took you're coming after Sean, Daddy Dereger. I saw you took this very I'm coming muscular... after Daddy Dreger hard. Yeah, I'm coming after look... him hard. You looked like uh, Libertarian Hulk Hogan, uh, circa No Holds Barred, 1989, like working out, coming after Daddy Dreger, yeah. and you were coming hard. You came like you came so hard. You came for a while, like you came for yeah. about an hour, where people were just it liking was, how much you it came. was at least ten ropes. Jesus, ten ropes. Jesus. Yeah. Anyway, I'm eating was, healthier. You, you remember? Myself. You remember yeah, like going. when you're at school mm-hmm. and, and you had and you got those those little, little milks at the you know in the lunch line. Yeah, they come and, in the box. You know, you would you you try to yeah you'd open up the one side, but it wouldn't really work. Mm-hmm. So you flipped out on the other side and you opened it up, and then you had to you know kind of squeeze it, and it just never really like it just sucked so you'd end up opening it all the way up into you know basically just a square yeah, yeah well it's yeah. like that and then you just throw the milk and that's kind of what i hit daddy Dreger with you did oh i see what you're saying that that the, the milk in some capacity is a metaphor for uh, male ejaculate for semen yes yes i got that's you. exactly what i'm going for i got you yes i got you yep Farms in Berkeley. Did you know that, that like, uh, uh, there's there's a milk company called Berkeley Farms? Sally Gooden. I, I did not know that. Yeah. Farms in Berkeley. You just came all over. Like, you put that milk all over Daddy Director. I like it. Yep. That is humiliating. That's what I like to do. In season one, we, right. would, we would call that we would call that a cuckold. In season one, oh. but we're not doing that this season. Oh, we're oh. we're keeping it clean. We're we're eating uh, fresh. And here's what I recommend for for video violence. Uh, since Mister Henderson has brought the celery, which I do enjoy, the peanut butter, which I love, and you know maybe I had some raisins in my pocket, or I'm just happy to see you. But I sprinkled those on the log. Um, here's what I'm going to bring. Hey, I hope it's bigger than a raisin, right, Mike? (laughs) 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 All right, here's what I brought for you to the party. I'm talking about, I'm only speaking of the biggest, the fattest, the hardest salami. That's right. We're going full carnivore. Full protein for this one. I, I know Are we, got we just talking about salami butter, sticks? I'm going full hard salami. Full hard. Are we talking I'm about talking just salami summer sticks? sausage? 
No, we're not talking oh, about man. salami sticks. No, we're talking about the thick, the thick ass. You know the ones where where it has it almost has like the white casing around it. You know, the white casing like it like it's a like it's a brie cheese. Like it's just yeah. this big hard white long. Do you cut it up it, or you just got... eat it right off the stick like a real man? Bruh, you put it in your mouth, you take it down your throat like a real man. That's beautiful. I mean, you could cut it up if you're a dum-dum, but I won't give you some of my salami. It sound, That sounds tasty. Very, very tasty. All right, Bradley, take us to Movie Town. What do we got this week, partner? What is this time, Mr. Emery? Another active video bot? morning we found a tape in our dropbox it was a tape of a murder shot on video this town has a strange preoccupation with violence the only thing we seem to rent are gory horror movies the big thing to do on saturday night is sit in front of the tube and watch people getting killed You lay off them monster movies for a while. You stick with the kitty stuff. We have some video violence coming along. Um, I think this is a little bit more well-known. Um shot on video film i think this one got a little bit more popularity than you know a lot of the others that we've discussed um i don't know why i may, maybe it was just uh i don't know maybe it was just kind of everywhere i think it was one of those shot on video films where there was a lot of vhs copies produced by the label um at the time because i remember seeing video violence everywhere when i was younger um so I, I mean, I, I remember seeing it in a lot of stores or a lot of a lot of rental stores. So you know, that was that was kind of cool. Um, I mean, it has that iconic cover of you know like the you know the hand taking the you know the tape and the VCR and it's like all jacked up and shit. Um, but yeah, that was uh, kind of an iconic cover. And then of course the sequel, um, probably not so much the sequel is as um, kind of seen and and known as the first one. We got a great show for you tonight. All right. I give it one thumb up. Poor girl. Remember, this is the movies. 
a little tackle, do ya? Now it's time for another video. We <laughs> 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 are fantastic. Boy, we're having some fun tonight. <laughs> this is the best thing that appeared on cable since Scrabble Rock. But, I mean, both films are definitely up there and um, a ton of fun. So let's uh, we, can, we can dive into those and talk about some video violence. It also has a really cool plot, too. Like, you know, for um, movie geeks and stuff and people that were renting movies at the time. I mean, you got to think renting, renting this movie at the time of you know, the height of, of rentals and, you know, this plethora of, uh, of horror films that were available on VHS and then renting a movie like this and seeing the plot. I think that's, uh, I think that's pretty cool. It wasn't in a beta tape they were putting in, uh, in the VCR or the beta player, I guess you could say on the, on the cover. Yeah. It, it certainly looked like that. And, and before we, we go on, I do want to say that, uh, that I do agree that the plot of the movie was, uh, of course, timely to to when the film came out. Nineteen, what did we say? Eighty six? Is it eighty six? Eighty seven? I think I think both of them came out the same year. Honestly, like within the same year, yeah, the same yeah. calendar year. But it, it's also uh, a, a highly politicized uh, plot because this is also around the same time as uh, do, do you remember? All the hearings on Capitol Hill about kids like killing themselves listening to heavy metal music, right? And yeah. like, do do violent movies make violent people? And I, I think there's uh, there's undertones of that throughout this entire series. And like, who really likes these violent movies? <laughs> are they good people? Are they bad people? Are they <laughs> right? Yeah, but, they're, um, they're turning people into murderers. The people running Kemper Arena, which is losing money for the city, may find themselves turning away business. Rock concerts, a Kemper staple, have come under fire by a small religious group. But as Doug Sutoff reports, the group now has the support of at least one city councilman. Sometimes action at rock concerts moves outside the auditorium, like during Alice Cooper's Kemper Arena show one week ago. Why? 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 Because they put on a show like this? As we showed you then, parents worried about rock's alleged drug, violence, and satanic impact on the young picketed outside Kemper. Some of those protesters met with Councilman John Sharp this week. Sharp says those 20 or so people want an ordinance establishing a Citizens Review Committee, a committee to screen which rock groups may play at city-run Kemper and Municipal Auditorium. Rock promoter Chris Fritz calls the idea unconstitutional and sees legal problems. I think the city had a, would have a hard part because then they would, they'd have lawsuits probably from a lot of bands that they would turn down from discrimination. Councilman Sharp agrees. The city asks for trouble by banning rock groups. Instead, he wants to use some fine print to control what goes on at rock concerts. We could require that group to sign a contract that they would not promote illegal activity and to require them to put up a performance bond which could would be forfeitable if they violated. Sharp asked city staff to review legality of his proposal, hopes for an answer within a month. Meanwhile, the music of groups like Iron Maiden, scheduled for a municipal auditorium concert next month, mean money for city coffers. It's penny wise and pound foolish to try to make a few bucks 
off bringing a rock group in that promotes drug use. But Chris Fritz doubts rock and roll, no matter how gross, leaves America's youth it's twisted. It's a show. I mean, it's uh, a lot of this is all make-believe. Doug Sudoff, Action for Nightcast. Richard Berkeley, a Republican, continues to pile up important... Yeah, no, as, as they do. Brad, how many people have you murdered this week? Uh, zero. Goddamn, also the same. Uh, and how long have you been murdering zero people? Mm, I would say since 19... I... Uh, oh, yeah, since I was born. So, yeah, I'm not doing too hot. Yeah, no, I'm kind of taking an L on this one, too. I was born in 1981. I've murdered zero people. But how many people, or how many how many uh, horrific, violent movies have you seen in that amount of time, Brad? Oh, probably 10,000. Look, it, we should have a one-to-one ratio, at least, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that if the court system is right, then I have a right to kill 10,000 people. But is that 10,000 movies, or is am I counting each person that's murdered in a movie? Because if oh, we pull out Jesus. something like, you know, video violence or, you know, beware children at play, uh, I yeah. have to, or children of the fucking corn, come on, I gotta, I uh-huh. gotta kick it up. I mean, we're gonna at least say 50,000. Right. Or motherfucker, what if you digest something like Dwayne The Rock Johnson's San Andreas? Where arguably millions of people are killed on screen. And then what do you have to go do? Do you have to go down to, like, Venezuela and get everybody? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) What's that noise? I will say, I will say that um, it's wrong for these movies to kill people violently. Is that what I'm supposed to say? Fuck it. These movies are fun. They're harmless. Video violence does have a um, it it. I, I feel that video violence never really. Because there's a couple scenes in the film that really do kind of push the limits. Almost, I mean, because we're, what we're essentially watching are homemade snuff films uh, that were sh- <laughs> we're watching a shot on video film about people that are watching shot on video snuff films. So no, it's super it's super meta in that uh, yeah, in that respect. But it's also like there's a couple sequences that uh, you know when they when they cut up the woman at first, like it's like it's pretty heavy but i feel that the film had a constant um they did a very good job of of uh kind of the realism to it but not going overboard because of the comedic undertone of the film and i mean that's one of the reasons why i like video violence so much if it was something like you know these august underground movies then i wouldn't enjoy it as much but i i I enjoy how they keep that separate uh, not 
going overly, you know, not brutalizing people, but doing it enough to where it's kind of scary because it looks real, but also not going overboard and keeping a comedic aspect. Because even our killers are funny. Um, you know, they, 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 you know, are joking around, they're goofballs and stuff like that. And the people that are trying to kind of solve this whole mystery, that's kind of goofy too. And, and the way the movie plays out is really goofy as well. And it turns out to be this huge thing, which is a lot of fun. And, you know, that's, that's one of the reasons, like, I mean, I know that a, a title like Video Violence maybe sounds like, you know, something like Faces of Death or even Violent Shit, um, that's a real title of a movie for those people that don't know. Yeah, it's violent shit. Um, <laughs> like those are those are heavy um, as far as content wise. Video violence never did that. It's cartoonish enough to where it pulls you away and doesn't dive into kind of the you know the, the torture and um, kind of grossness and dirty. You won't leave video violence feeling dirty. It's more or less like, oh shit, that was kind of fun, you know, or and that's interesting. I even watched this with my girlfriend who fucking hates uh, shot on video movies, and she found it um, entertaining at the least. So that's that's an A plus. I mean, right there. Um, and then so even you're this... dating Daddy Dereger right now, and he is identifying as a girl, and you are boyfriend and girlfriend. Um, let's take that off the air, and we'll talk about that at a later time. All right. One thing I do want to address based on uh, what you just said, Brad, and I, I do agree that uh, uh, both the movies are, you know, to, to use air quotes, fun. They are they are fun movies. But the first one in particular does strike me as more uh, earnest, even though it, it, it's fun. It's like earnestly trying to give this murder mystery uh, plot. Uh, you know, where something's happening in a town and there's uh, mysterious tapes that are received and we have kind of a, a Naomi Watts character called Rick. Well, I say Naomi Watts because that's whoever I think of when I think of someone solving a horror movie uh, mystery, you know, Naomi Watts in like The Ring. Do you remember The Ring? Yeah. She that's was also like about a, a VHS like a tape. That's about a VHS tape. Oh, shit. Yeah. She was like a little detective in that movie. And so is our uh, so is our uh, video store owner Rick, you know, in in the first video violence. But I feel like in the in, in it's pretty it's done pretty earnestly with like the the mystery and unraveling everything that's happening to get to Eli and Howard, etc. But then I feel like in the second one, I agree with you 100 percent where it is kind of played off like uh, like a violent shit or like a faces of death where it's more or less a compilation tape of uh these gruesome murders and there's yeah. there's a paper thin plot in the second one and i think we should just talk about one and two together because i i feel like uh folks have either seen this or they haven't and if they haven't seen it maybe they'll listen to us and they'll go out and get uh the camp pictures dvd release of it uh or you know they they never see it so we should just tell them everything anyhow but um would you agree with that, that there's more of a plot in one, and then the second one's kind of like a greatest hits compilation? Yeah, I, I feel I feel that the first one definitely um, is what makes you want to watch the second one, but you're not going to get much um, with 
with the second one as you would the first one because the first one was new and creative they just kind of went along with an idea um as far as uh you know the the next film which is fine they're both they're both fun but yeah one one definitely uh is better than the other as far as you know kind of a plot and you know funness of these films talk to us about the pedigree of video violence now um off the air and you could correct me if I'm wrong, but off the air, you said uh, you've had some contact lately with Gary Cohn, the writer-director? Um, yes. I am trying to get his film Mama's Home, a.k.a. Captives, um, and we'll see how that goes. Cool. Did you talk to him at all about video violence? Uh, no, because Camp Motion Pictures or Camp Pictures or whatever it's called, they... I believe they own the films, so um, which they are also known as. Uh, uh, I can't remember the other name that they've been. Around oh, so for everything's all business with you, Brad. Everything's all business, chum chum cheree. But if you if you can't give me money for your movies, I don't want to talk to you about them. Is that what you're saying? Like, um, why can't you just talk to him about the movies? I did not talk to Gary Cohen about video violence. Yeah, but you're saying that's because someone else owned them. And yet, here you are talking to me about them right now, and we don't own them. But well, yet, you know, you seem yeah. to be having a kick-ass, fun fucking time. Yeah. Okay. I will contact Gary right now and ask him, Hey, man, what'd you think about your own movie, Video Violence? Yeah, well, he does commentary tracks, so maybe you could listen to those first before you start asking him questions, okay? Oh, you could listen to them, too. But Okay. <laughs> no to that point uh brad i do love you uh did you have you listened to any of the commentary tracks because on the camp motion pictures dvd both films it comes as a double feature both films have uh commentary tracks which are rather like a fun uh kind of group almost like podcast type commentary where it's gary cohen and uh, his collaborators on both pictures and the audio is super shitty so it sounds like you're right there in the room with them <laughs> like this show <laughs> yeah except we cut away to the beast commercials all right um i do want to kind of go over some things with uh respect to well i don't know most of my notes are on video violence too do you have uh do you have much to say about part one do we want to give away big reveals or any i don't know are can we spoil video violence for people do you uh, think they no, i don't i don't want to spoil video violence i think video violence is available on amazon prime either to rent or to stream one of the others um i don't know about the sequel but as mike said it's available on dvd as a, like a double pack um with uh through camp motion pictures um but um yeah video violence i really enjoy because it is about a video store owner who um, gets a tape returned that's, uh, is it not rewound? So he puts it in the VCR and it starts playing and it's someone's home movie, which is a murder. And therefore he tries to investigate it. And uh, he immediately goes to the police and tries to get them to come over and watch the videotape. Meanwhile, he leaves somebody at the store. They end up disappearing. And there kind of goes the idea for video violence and these uh, killers um, kind of start to fuck with the video store owner and everything, um, you know, putting more tapes and him trying to, un, you know, uncover these murders and solve this thing himself, um, kind of while he's dealing with these bumbling detectives who call him a bluff because he has nothing to prove and, and no way to show it, as well as um, 
saying that certain people are missing when they're kind of not because the detective, uh, so-called detective, investigates and realizes that these missing persons aren't really missing. Um, it kind of makes this uh, video store owner go a little bit crazy because he's trying to, you know, he knows what he saw and um, kind of just him figuring this out. And it turns out to be this whole big thing, which is a lot of fun. It could just be like the standard, you know, slasher type thing where these people are dropping off tapes and then he's next. But uh, it actually turns out to be really goofy and a lot of fun. Um, almost, it, it has kind of, not in a way, like I felt kind of like how Cabin Fever ended, where it's like joyous. But it's actually really devastating, you know? Um, but I always, I, I really enjoy the ending of Video Violence, and um, I think it's a lot of fun. And it opens up this uh, idea for the sequel, which they just kind of take and they don't really, like, I feel that Video Violence has kind of these moments in the plot where it jumps up and down and does surprise us. Video Violence 2 just is kind of like, hey, this is it, and they just go with it. Um, almost like it was supposed to be one movie. That may have worked if they just put it all into one, like a whole bloody affair of video violence, but, uh, they don't, <laughs> they separate them. And when you watch the uh, second one, uh, I would maybe even watch it right after, because I think if you wait and you like, you really like the first one, it's not going to, it's not going to be pleasing as as the first one was because i think the first one is special it has a lot of great moments so i agree the first one is very special and i would concur that uh the the second one's best watched soon after if not like right in the same sitting as the first one because there's a great uh like double twist ending for <laughs> for the second one where there's a reveal and then the reveals were you know revealed to be false and then they reveal it again to be I, I think it's a lot of fun it's very looney tunes um l much like you said the ending to the first one has that kind of uh that joyous ending uh that also seems pretty depraved like a like a cabin fever now do you know Brad do you know the story behind video violence? How Gary Cohn came up with video violence? I do not, Mike, but I would love to hear it. <laughs> well, according to the Internet Movie Database trivia, which is also confirmed in the uh, Camp Motion Pictures uh, commentary, Gary Cohen got the idea for this film while working as a video store clerk. One day, a woman came into his store with her toddler and asked if the film I Dismember Mama was rated R for nudity. Cohen told her he wasn't sure if it contained nudity, but it was probably rated R for graphic violence. Because, Brad, it's called I Dismember Mama. <laughs> Sir, did, did you like the movie? Member. Anyway, the woman decided to rent the movie, Brad, saying that as long as there was no nudity, it would be appropriate for her children to watch. And this interaction appears in the film, 
although the woman has an infant instead of a, a toddler and is asking about the appropriateness of do you remember this from from the movie Yeah, it's the beginning of the beginning of the film, yeah. She's asking about Blood Cult. Blood Cult. Do you remember we we covered Blood Cult. Do you remember that? It's a Wait, shot no, on video no, movie called There's a Blood question. Cult. This is when they're actually in the video store, not because the beginning of the film is the guys are in the dressing room, right? Yeah, yeah. at the at the sporting goods store. Yeah, no, so this, this is, is the first scene in the video store. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we covered that movie called Blood Cult, right? What was that? I love Blood Cult. Do you remember Blood Cult? I don't remember that movie. Oh my god. Blood we should Cult do an episode so on it. <laughs> I I you know, I have thought lately we should do a second episode on uh, Black Devil Doll from Hell because your microphone was fucked up and we had to cut out a lot of shit. But um <laughs> Uh, Gary Cohen and Paul Kay are toying with the idea of making a musical out of video violence. What do you what do you think about about that, Brad? In, in general, when people make musicals out of popular films or cult films, how do you feel about that? I think it all depends. Um, I mean, anything could be turned into something great. I guess uh, with something like this, I think it's could be fun because I could see. I don't know. You you can see a musical, you know, happening between this because it is so meta and there is a lot of comedy, you know, um, something, you know, when they said, you know, there's like Spider-Man the musical. I didn't understand that. I didn't see like how that would be fun. Um, but something like video violence, uh, even like the Evil Dead musical, which I've seen, it's great. I like it way more than I do the movie. Um Shoot Shelly, she's a friend of ours! God damn it, Ash, I picked up that skate drunk in a bar three days ago! Come on! think that there are certain aspects that you could i mean even something like uh maybe um a cabin in the woods you know would be somewhat of a musical i think that could be fun i, I don't do you remember it. in in the opening the opening of evil dead the musical the opening number right is cabin in the woods yeah Jam in the car, and we're going really far. 
Glad you paused long enough for me to play that song. Yes, me too. Would would so? Would you see a musical of video violence? I would write a musical for video violence. <laughs> and how much? How much would you ask for it? Let's let's see if we could get you a fucking um, job right here, right now. I would I would uh, charge um, four dollars and twelve cents, kind of a rental fee. There. You know, I went to In-N-Out Burger, and I got myself a double-double, and that's all I had. And I had it protein-style, because I'm not eating bread, like I told you at the top of the show. That shit cost me $4.30, and I had exact change in my pocket. That is exactly, exactly more than what you just said. It's more than what you just said. It's more. I'm I'm saying it's a better deal to get you to write Video Violence the Musical than it would be for me to get a double-double protein-style. Well, I am. You can probably hear my dog breathing into this microphone, um, but uh, <laughs> I I will charge less than a double double. There you go. All right, one last question on the subject of musicals and movies. Brad, give me your. Um, I, I don't want to do three. Everyone always wants to do three or five. Give me your top two movie musicals, like movies that became musicals. That's what I mean. Uh, I would need time for that how about if i just knew musicals well here i'll do movies that became musicals i uh i think my top two are little shop of horrors and hairspray and then what are what are your two favorite musicals um well i mean movies to musicals the legally blonde musical ain't that bad no it ain't you know i i've seen that um the evil dead i've seen um i've seen uh elf as a musical wait you saw you saw elf as a musical yeah oh, okay it's like yeah, elf, I see that. Or, yeah it's yeah elf the musical um yeah a fan of the opera i guess yeah that'd be another one. Oh, there you go that counts because that was yeah. a movie that became a musical that became a movie musical um right yeah, kind of like Beast. Hairspray. Ha- Hairspray was a movie that became a musical that became a movie musical. Wait, do we have to like the musicals or the movies before them? Or both? Both. Oh, see, I don't like Legally Blonde, but I like. I thought the musical was good. Like liking both. Oh, no, I don't. I, I, no, I'm not saying you have to like the movie that came before. I'm just saying you have to like whatever the musical is. Oh, see, anyway. I, don't like, I don't like Beauty and the Beast musical. I like the original movie. Like the old school, like old, old one. Wait, oh, like Jean Cocteau you're yeah. talking about? Look at okay. you popping out of the name. Yeah. I just know the Criterion there release. There you go. How about that? Pour les grandes personnes qui n'ont pas perdu leur enfant. Belle. Même le parquet veut devenir votre miroir. Et ces bêtes parlent les langages des hommes. Qu'est-ce qu'elles voient Qu'est-ce qu'elles mangent 
il m'arrive de lui donner à boire. Nous devons tuer la bête et prendre ses richesses. Mais tu sais ce que c'est qu'une puissance magique que l'impossible est possible. No, that's no. I I got the name right. Hey, d- well, because in college I took a bunch of classes on uh, uh, children's literature in like the the nineteenth century. You know, yeah. Did you know? Never in the original uh, Charles Perrault story of uh, Beauty and the Beast does it describe the beast as being furry. Oh. Why do you think they? Why do you think they have always designed the beast Beastality. as being a furry creature? Is it, it, it is. It's bestiality. It's like that's what people want to fuck. They don't want to fuck a reptile. They want to fuck a furry person, right? Yeah. Yeah. I love furries. I'm people. A furry, furry, furry <laughs> people. Not fur, not furries. I like the furies, like the, you know, the base, the baseball team and the Warriors. Those are fun. Um, oh, I thought you meant the Brian De Palma movie, The Fury. Oh, I mean, I like the the Fury too. I mean. There wasn't a sequel to it, but I mean the Fury also. Yeah. The Fury as well. Yes, as well. All right. Let's, you know, let's, uh, I I think we got Video Violence 1 uh, quite done. We don't want to spoil that. Uh, Video Violence 2, however, I think we could talk more candidly about. We can say that the the killers from the original film, Howard and Eli, have uh, survived the events of the first movie. No spoilers. Duh. But, uh. The, the sequel, Video Violence 2, is much more of a, a compilation work, a snuff tape of their continued work. So let's talk a little bit about Video Violence 2. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we now have Howard and Eli are UHF uh, stars, right? They have a show on did, – did you catch the, the call letters for the network? No, I did not. It's W-G-O-R, W-Gore. Do you, that's funny, right? Do you like puns? Do you like puns, Brad? No, I do not. Maybe that's why I didn't get it. I ignored it. <laughs> so Howard and Eli have a show on WGOR. It is uh, we're, we're told that it's kind of like this this ghost signal where people don't know. Like a know, public access, like, though, right? Yeah. Like it, well, yeah, it's like public access, but people don't know like where it's broadcasting. Remember in the the eighties, you would have these great. Uh, kind of takeovers of uh public access television stations or like syndicated stations where 
um, like like people in like Guy Fox masks would just show up in the middle of a broadcast and just start doing some dumb Jack Offery, and then it would go back to your Three's Company rerun or whatever. It, it, it was like that is is what we're told. Chicago television station, someone using sophisticated equipment managed to briefly and illegally override broadcast signals on WGN-TV and WTTW. Jack Connerty reports now that both incidents are under investigation. <laughs> Even in a medium that is no stranger to bizarre moments, these were truly bizarre. Starting first on WGN-TV at 9.14 Sunday night during a sportscast. 12 quarters finally did... Take some pretty sophisticated uh, microwave equipment operating in the broadcast uh, auxiliary frequency bands and, uh, and a significant amount of power. About two hours later, the video pirate struck again. This time, the target was a science fiction broadcast on PBS affiliate WTTW. And this time, it wasn't 25 seconds long. It ran for almost a minute and a half. By this time, the pirate had managed to insert audio as well, along with a display of a marital aid and a portion of his or her anatomy. It generated hundreds of calls. Really kind of expressing uh, sympathy over the fact uh, that uh, our signal would be interfered with this, in this way and that it would inconvenience so many thousands of our viewers. The incidents are now under investigation by the FCC and the FBI. But the odds, I'd say, if a guy continues to involve himself, either sporadically or continuously, uh, it's very great that we will determine who it is. All early evidence points to someone with a broadcasting background. Someone who really knows the business and uh, microwave in general. But the person in the Max Headroom disguise may not know how sophisticated officials can be in tracing this sort of thing. It leaves an electronic signature. And while it may have been a stunt, it is not treated as a joke. Chicago's video pirate could face a jail sentence and fines for his freelance exercise in public access. Jack Connerty, Fox 32 News. Yeah. Go on. All right. <laughs> so they have kind of a, a Tonight Show layout. That's what I thought definitely was uh, we had like kind of the Johnny Carson, which is uh, Howard. And then we had the Ed McMahon sidekick, which is like Eli. We had a... Uh, we had a, a house band, right, which was uh, Gordon, who Gordon. looks a lot like – Gordon's dope. And Gordon looks a lot like uh, uh, Morton Downey Jr. Do you remember Morton Downey Jr.? No, I do not. How old is that? Uh, Morton Downey Jr. was a, uh, a television personality in the, the mid to late 80s, uh, early 90s. You know, there's a great episode about Morton Downey Jr. in uh, a documentary about him called Evocateur, the Morton Downey Jr. movie, on a show. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called The Splat House Podcast, and uh, we interviewed the, the writer-director Jeremy Newberger. But What's I'm saying that Gordon house? looks a, a lot like Morton Downey Jr. Fuck What's you, a, what, Brad. What's a Splat House, though? Now, there's a lot of... Uh, uh, gallows humor, you know, in uh, in video violence too, where they're playing up more of the uh, the campiness and the 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 dark humor of it, you know, because of this Tonight Show uh, routine. We have a stand up monologue at the beginning of it, very gallows esque. We have very dark commercials that the uh, uh, apparently 
that Howard and Eli and their team have uh, have produced. And you know what this reminds me of? The commercials, Brad. Do you do you remember another movie released by Camp Motion Pictures that uh, has fake commercials? Do you remember this? What? Can you think of another movie released by Camp Motion Pictures that has fake commercials within the movie? Fake commercials? No. Do you remember WNUF Halloween? Oh, WNUF uh, Halloween. Okay, I thought I was thinking old school. Don't check your dial, folks. You didn't tune into Transylvania's public access station. No, sir. Tonight is Halloween. Halloween is Satan's night. The night of the devil. Reporter Frank Stewart has a special Halloween treat in store for viewers tonight. He'll be leading a group of paranormal experts to the infamous Weber House. Do you know what happened here in the Weber House? Some people got killed. Their son went haywire. Frank Stewart and his team of experts will conduct the first ever live on TV seance. Evil works in mysterious ways, Frank. It's unpredictable. Are there any spirits in the house? It's scary. That, that's far out. That far out. Something strange going on in this house. Animal mutilation. Paranormal disturbances. Devil worship. Wait, whoa, hold on. This is not stage. Hello? Is this the work of the devil? Folks, we are going where no camera crew has gone before. Father, perform the exorcism. This is not some Halloween prank. The grisly evidence of the supernatural is real. We'll be right back. You're watching the WNUF Halloween Special. Well, WNUF Halloween special is an actual broadcast from 1987, so uh, it's kind of contemporary to Video Violence 2, which would make it old school. Maybe you haven't read wikipedia.com, which is on internet. Uh, Can I look up what is the Splat House on there? You you can look up Splat House on there too, and it would tell you that Splat House also did an episode on WNUF Halloween special with the uh, writer producer uh, Jimmy George. Yeah, cool, cool. But um, <laughs> but the main the main takeaway I had from this like Tonight Show routine, and this is this is a bigger piece because I think we might have unlocked something that happened in the the 90s and the 2000s and actually very uh very current uh news cycle is Howard and Eli remind me of Harvey yes. Weinstein. Ooh, oh. Howard yeah. reminds me of Harvey Weinstein and yes. Eli reminds me of Jack Nance. Ooh, I like Harvey Weinstein as uh as Eli. How about that? Well, that the, it doesn't work. But but you get the Harvey Weinstein reference. You get it. Like it makes sense, it tracks. I think I think that's a solid joke. No, it's not a joke. I'm I'm I really believe this. Oh, you really think it's Harvey Weinstein? Yeah, no, no, no. I really think that Gary Cohn was trying to do some Ronan Farrow shit and like tell us in video violence too that Harvey Weinstein was a piece of shit through Howard's portrayal of uh his character. Is this before or after the burning? This is after the burning. 
Yeah, it's definitely The Burning's it. 1981, right? I don't know, but it's definitely uh, Gary Cohen was trying to warn us. Yeah, no, it tracks. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, Eli, who is uh, kind of the, the dumb, lesser sidekick, I, I believe he's uh, he's like a Jack Nance. Do you remember what happened to Jack Nance from uh, yeah, Blue Velvet and Twin Peaks? Yeah, he died in a um, bowling accident. What? Who? Jack Nance. He was, he was wrapped up in all that weird uh yeah, psychosexual shit and yeah you know. oh yeah yeah the sexual barbed wire yeah next step studios presents a unique documentary about a real character jack nance the actor who became a cult icon with eraser head his particular type of hair would just lock in and everybody said, no, no, that's ridiculous, that's absurd, look at this. And But it was just so beautiful and perfect. He used to say about me, because I was so much taller, that if you can only get one woman, you might as well get the biggest one you can get. Jack said to Catherine, get in the stall, horse face. Bam! And out! Jack goes down on his knees, tears squirt out of his eyes. She cut his nose open with a ring. And that kind of ended the evening. There's a guy here, you know, passing out at the bar. You know, I said, well, you know, what are you waking me up for at 2.30 in the morning? You know, I said, call the police or call a cab or something. And he says, well, the guy says he's your brother. He said, uh, you know, if, uh, if you don't help me, if you can't help me, I'm going to jump out this window. Dennis Hopper promised him that when he went to Studio 12, if he checked in, they give him the stuff. I think I told him at the place that I had that uh, I had lied to him. <laughs> the day he met that girl to the day he died, he loved her more than anybody I've ever seen. I think he wanted to, you know, help her in whatever problems she had and thought he could, you know, but he couldn't. He told me that she said, Jack, if you hang up on me, I'll kill myself. And suddenly, because of the storm, the phone went dead. From his childhood in Texas to his untimely donut shop death, discover the man behind the image through the colorful tales of those who knew him and loved him. The fact that Jack's death was... But I I think that Gary Cohn was telling us, man, and I don't think anyone paid attention because it was a movie that had alliteration, video violence... Oh, okay. I love that and it kind of sounds you do. I think, yeah. you know, at the top of the show, you were like, I don't know why this one was one of the most popular. I think it has to do with alliteration. People love that shit. Yeah. Cause Peter I mean, Parker, Clark Kent. Uh, no. Yeah. No, that's why superheroes are popular. There's the alliteration. Well, that's a C and a K though. Yeah, but it makes the same sound. Like cuck. Like this. Listen, 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 Brett. Cuck Kent. Suck my cock. Like there's some alliteration that's, in there. That's alliteration, right? yeah. Suck my cock. Yeah. Suck it. So you're basically saying you would be more popular if it was uh, Dyke Delaney. Yeah, no, if I was Dyke Delaney, I would I would be I would I would have a fucking deal on Netflix like Adam Sandler has, for sure. If I Adam was Adam Sandler's Dyke Delaney. not alliteration though. Like if he no, was he's like not. Saddam Sandler, he's not. But he, but he's the the producer and Megamind like behind such hits as Big Daddy, 
the the water boy, Mr. Deeds. Perhaps you've heard of a little remake called The Longest Yard, okay? Like, that's why he has the money and the clout that he has. I'm saying I could bank on my alliteration if I was Dyke Delaney. I wouldn't even have to do any work. I could I could just show up, slam about, down my fucking ID. What about Mike ID, Say I'm Dyke D? Huh? What about Mike Mullaney? Mike Mullaney would be good, but they might think that I'm related to that. Uh, uh, it sounds who, like a cable who's that company other guy? owner, Mullaney Industries. Yeah, yeah. Who who's the Mullaney guy? Isn't there Mulaney? a stand-up comedian Mullaney? Uh, yeah, I don't. He know. had a show with like Elliot Gould, right? Didn't he have a show? Do you like? I love Elliot Gould. I wish I could have a show with Elliot Gould, but I uh, John Mullaney. That's his name, right? Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I don't want them to think like I'm related to him because although he, you know, he's a funny, successful individual, uh, I think Brad I Benderson, like a, Brad Benderson would be a, a Brad Benderson is a good fucking porn name, and that's why you work for Vinegar Syndrome and it, you, you help them out with movies like Buddies. Okay, I'm uh, saying I that if I buddies. if I did Mike Mullaney, if I did Mike Mullaney, if I did Mike Mullaney, I didn't. They would think. Buddies. That it was like a a Frank Stallone situation. I didn't. I didn't help with that. or with what buddies. Buddies is a great film that it they is, just re- it is. like. You don't like you don't like buddies. No, I do. I'm just saying I didn't help out with that. Why wouldn't you help out with that? That's rude. What do you uh, have against buddies? I, I was not asked to uh, help out with that. Could you have helped them with buddies? Yes, I absolutely would have. But all right, you heard it here Brad, first, folks. As Brad Benderson, <laughs> yes, it's Brad Benderson for sure, for fucking sure. So, video violence. Uh, I don't know if I'm talking about one or two here, but did you know that the movie was edited in only eight hours? Yes. Okay. Cool. Wait, do I believe right, that or did I know that? Wait, what was the question? I'm I'm just saying, did you know that? And you said yes. So yes, Brad, do you know things about video violence that maybe myself or, or our listeners don't know? Maybe we can <laughs> titulate them. Um, we have a new sponsor. All right, be careful with this. Yeah. All right. You can so tell them about the new sponsor. Our sponsor. All right. Let's let's back up. All right. I know. I know. Okay. Um. So. We had a rough time with uh, our last uh, sponsor, um, and that's one of the reasons, the main reason why we quit, not because, I mean, there was some animosity between two hosts about, you know, having new endeavors and jobs, but um, we had a, um, uh, we actually had a sponsor, a business, come to us, and um it was a a young gentleman um, who's been working with the company for a couple of years, and he was uh, he's works in the marketing department. Um, and he came to us and he said, "Hey, uh, your show got me through these days at work." And um, and we were like, "Okay, that's you know that's awesome." And he was like, "Why'd you stop?" Um, and we gave him the answer straightforward. Said, "Well, we, you know, we had some money on the show. We had some money to record, and we were going different places to record in the, you know, the cities that uh, the movies were filmed in. And you know, we had a a good size, a good amount of listeners for the show 
but we were just ran out of funds and some bad things happened and uh, we are not able to do the show anymore. And he said, well, what if my company uh, funded it? And, uh, and we said, sure. What you got? Um, and we asked him, who do you work for? And he says, I work for Gushers. And I asked, is Gushers still, I don't even know, Gushers still around? And he said, yeah, they're still around. And, uh, I said, I said, who, who, who represents Gushers? He said, Betty Crocker. And I was like, oh, Betty Crocker, huh? So our new sponsor is Betty Crocker. You heard it here first. I mean, that is, that's pretty amazing. I mean, so, I mean, what we're going to do with this is that Betty Crocker represents us, but we are mainly going to take our friend um, who he wants to be unnamed because he doesn't want to say that he was a little bored at work and he's listened to podcasts, even though I said he's in the marketing department. So probably not hard to figure out who it is. Um, but yeah, Gushers, Betty Crocker, Gushers is one. <laughs> I said one of the new sponsors um, for the SOV podcast. And the reason why it's just one is that there was uh, a discussion saying, hey, this show is very expensive, and you know, Mike and I are now um, charging for episodes. Uh, we charge ourselves, and then we pay ourselves um, for our time, um, mainly because this takes away from my duties and other jobs. And it's it's true. They say, they say kind of pay yourself first. They say pay yourself what? first. What? You know, when... when, when, when uh, when you talk about when, when you work for yourself, uh, they I'm saying like you know the books and like the professors and like the TED talks they say pay yourself first. So Brad and I are like fuck yeah we're gonna pay ourselves first. You know, the, the, you know these flashlights you know won't come from nowhere. Yeah, like we have to buy them. You know, so so we we were just like okay well this is great I mean this kind of pays us but you know. How are we going to fly out to places? How are we going to record in the cities that these movies were filmed? And, um, you know, it, it's the weirdest thing. But, I mean, I, I couldn't say sweeter words than they do in their cards. But um, Hallmark approached us. And um, they said, hey, we're fans of the show. You inspire some of our lines in in uh, in some, some of our, you know, uh, poems in these cards uh you inspire us to write them through the days and we were just honored and i mean we can't turn that away you can't hallmark and, and it is fucking gushers man like how cool is it's that poetry shit? man no it's it's super cool you know i think of uh do you remember that movie uh uh by mark webb it's called 500 days of summer oh and, uh, yeah Heartbreak. joseph joseph gordon levitt writes for a, a greeting card company and he writes the the most beautiful prose and as you said poetry you know for these cards which is not unlike the great products from the hallmark card hallmark company is amazing. but here's what i have to say is uh when i think of hallmark's poetry it kind of makes me gush come 
Gushers, yeah, Gushers, yeah, you Gushers. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gu- no, Gushers, yeah. yeah, no, it's and I meant come like, uh, like come uh, and see how much I'm. Uh, you you, you mean come out of your Betty Crocker? No. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying. Basically, we are overly thankful, dangerously thankful. If you, if I could say that, dangerously thankful for um, us having two sponsors my dogs are even barking with joy because i'm probably getting a delivery of uh, syrup because now we get stuff uh betty crocker syrup sipping on some syrup and um you know gushers i mean so so the sov podcast wait sov pod cast yeah sov what does sov stand for but anyways, um, T H E S O V P O D. The S O V stands for shot on video. Uh, is that why all these movies look like they're filmed with the home video camera? Right. Uh-huh. No, I, I figured that out at the end of last season too. I'm like, oh, that's why Daddy Deriger said it, we're going to call it the S O V because they shot yeah. on video. And I'm like, oh, it kind of looks wow. like a home video. And I mean, I'm like, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I just, I just thought saw pod was a word I just didn't understand. Like saw pod. Yeah. Like, oh. Okay. Well, anyways. Um, no. Yeah. It, it, at first, because of our other sponsors, at or you know, the the sandwiches, you know. Like I, I was fine just covering what I, like they sent us some shitty looking movies say? and I was like, well, Wait, we'll did, watch. I didn't say, say any- sandwiches. I didn't say anything. No, well, sandwiches I can say that's not blacked out in the fucking Gestapo email. You know, so like I if we say talk sandwiches. about like a, someone's certain shitty sandwiches. Oh yeah, we should totally talk about someone's shitty sandwiches. Yeah, yeah, ones that have like cheddar and roast beef. Oh, and like little onion pearls, and how shitty they are, and like yeah. how they they want you to open up a pack of sauce, and it looks like blood, and then they want you to open up another pack of sauce, and it looks like cum, and they want you to put bloody cum sauce all over. It. Yeah, yeah, fuck those types of sandwiches, Brad. This was the first episode of T H E S O V P O D four season two proper of our aptly named podcast, which covers, of course. All shot on video movies ever made. Do you do you have anything else to say uh, before we get out on video violence and maybe throw off a couple titles that you want to cover in season two? Well, being that I know this is shot on video now, I have to research. I I, I was just picking. I was going to pick Shape of Water next. Ooh, the Shape of Water is good. You can see the creature from the Black Lagoon's dick. No, you can't. I want to see the dick. Wait. So if I get a home video camera. And yes. I set that up in front of my TV, and okay. I record the shape of water on a home movie camera, and then right. watch my Cor- tape. Correct. Is shape uh-huh. on water shot on video now? No, it is. It is it, well, especially if you record yourself watching it, then it becomes uh, like postmodern. It becomes uh, very meta, right? It's like, uh, do you remember in the the eighties with like that postmodern art where it was. Uh, women taking pictures of famous pictures that men took and then they credited themselves as the person who took the picture it's like that it's like that that sounds i actually wasn't paying attention because janice is home and i was mouthing words to her to try what to were you really saying quiet. were you saying buy and more so betty crocker buy more in. gushers is that what you were mouthing to her 
Now, we were talking about working out because, you know, that's what we're doing now. We're not eating those shitty sandwiches from those certain, um, you know. Uh, that's right. You're super, you're super celery, buff and your and, dick got uh, really big. Yeah, we're just overloading on fucking yeah. Walmart cars yeah, and yeah. gushers now. But she was, um, she was mouthing some words to me while getting undressed and my eyes were uh, fixed on yeah. her breasts. Oh, and, because um, you're super straight. You're super straight. mad. Yeah. Uh-huh. Very straight. I um, all my dick jokes are just jokes. I mean, it's not like I want to suck Mike no. Delaney off or anything. But um, we are uh, not uh, not only am I eating better, I'm also working out, and I worked out without her because I got home at three o'clock, which I was trying to tell her. I got home at three o'clock, and uh, I worked out for a little bit, and then um, got hopped on this recording with Mike Delaney. I'm going to go back to recording now, so I'm turning my chair. Um, and talking to Mike again, which, um, she is mad. She is furious. You have anything to say, Mike? Cause I don't hear you. No, 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 no. Hey, look, Hey, I listen. Do you want me to read? No, you, look, you said you worked out at three o'clock. No, you said you worked you? out at three o'clock. All I heard was three o'clock. And then you said you hopped on with Mike Delaney. And I thought you said you hopped on to Mike Delaney. And I was thinking about, uh, cock Hopping oh, on the on whole the clock thing. At three do you ha- do you have a card you can there read you to go. me, brother? Please, real quick. Um, yeah. Well, no. I I remembered a a passage in a Hallmark card since they are our new sponsors. Um, here's a passage I remember from uh, a Hallmark card. Happy birthday. Suck my dick. That's what it said, and then, then you would write. You know, oh, it's your like name a, in it. it's like a blank. But card. I thought those words were beautiful. I mean, happy birthday. Yeah. I mean, think about how powerful that is. That is super powerful. You know? In in blank cards, I always write "suck my cock." It's like sorry, you know, sorry your oh, sorry see, your mom died like, of cancer. Like suck do... my cock. That's what I write. Well, no, see, like when someone died, like I I'm all about um, cards, but. Unless it's for immediate family, I um, uh, I I write. I make usually homemade cards when it's somebody's birthday or you know anything like that. But when it's like a sympathy card or you know something um, something of that nature, I usually rewrite what uh, the card actually says because I can't think of anything clever. So I just I just write down exactly what the card says, and people don't pay attention to what cards say. They just read what everybody writes. So when they read something beautiful that I wrote, they're like, oh, wow, that's so sweet. Um, and I can get away with it. One time that backfired on me with a girl's mom died, and she didn't find it funny. Um, and I'm sitting there laughing hysterically because my joke is always great. She didn't find it funny. And I stopped doing it since then because I realized you probably shouldn't do that in I'm sorry sympathy cards. Yeah. You should probably write, man. Sucks. Yeah. Sorry, it man. Sucks. That's hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sucks. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. That or is you like, terrible. You write, meh. M E H. Period. Meh. <laughs> All right, Brad. Say yeah. goodbye to our loving listeners and tell them that we will be back next week for. Suffer, little children. Tell them that. Tell them that. 
I, we're we're going to be back for Suffer Little Children. But I want to jump back because our producer of the show, uh, Daddy Dreger, um what would his sympathy cards say? I feel that Sean's, or I don't even know why I said that, Daddy Dreger's cards would say just UGH, 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 UGH for a sympathy card. That would be his. Or he would do that little shrug emoji. Oh, he love yeah, he loves that yeah. shit where you, like you really type out like the the little <laughs> hands with the til- like the the palms of the hands are fucking tildes and it's like <laughs> I don't know, I don't fucking know. He loves it. Mouth-watering new Gushers flavor with a taste that's huge! Happy man! Watermelon flavor bursting with watermelony juice inside. New watermelon blast Gushers. Whoa! What a melon! Fruit Tonic Punch Gushers fruit snacks. They're very, very different because they're bursting with juicy fruit punch in the middle. So fruity, they'll really turn your head. Whoa, Jose. Fruit Tonic Punch Gushers. They'll drive you fruity. Ich bin